The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Cahal Berry is with me here in studio, independent TD for Kildare South and former Army Ranger. Cahal, I know you were in Cork this morning for the first of these uh, forums on international security that are going to be held um, around the country. Uh, people at this stage will be well aware that uh, they were disrupted by protest. So can you describe your, your experience of it? What did you see? Yeah, I just thought it was an excellent morning, really. Um, the protest was much milder than I was expecting. Um, and compliments to the protesters and all the participants as well. If you go to a, a third level campus, I mean, students have a unique way of communicating with authority and that should be respected. And I believe it was. Um, but it was very, very mild protest. There was no foul language, no violence, no cyber attacks, no hacking, no nothing. And um, they got the point across and we got home with the meeting about maybe 20, 25 minutes later. Yeah, I guess the, the point of protest is to be disruptive, which I think is what some people forget. Yeah. And uh, I, I suppose just uh, like uh, they were speaking to the, the choir, really, because uh, the views they were expressing is no to NATO yeah. and no to war. I mean, I didn't know anyone inside in the 300 person chamber today who would be in favour of war or in favour of joining NATO. So, I mean, they, I mean, they were in good company. And, but it's very important that the opportunity to put their, their voice across, their views across, and thanks to the media for amplifying it as well. Now, uh, that is where you are probably not added in with those protesters, because while you say no one in the in the room was in favour of NATO, those protesters would suggest that actually, despite what he says in public, Micheál Martin is in favour. The government are in favour of it. They are, they, are, they are trying to slowly shove us in the direction of NATO. Yeah. A, a, a drift towards NATO, I think, is how the president described it. Yeah. Well, look, I've been immersed in these matters for about 30 years now and I've been in the Iraqis Foreign Affairs and Defence Committee for the last three years. I don't detect anything at all like that. I detect the opposite. Um, I detect both publicly and politically that people are interested in Ireland maintaining its independence from a foreign security and defence policy. But the key point is that we should resource it. We have a declared position of neutrality but we haven't resourced it. It's like any policy. If you have an education policy or you have a health policy and you don't resource it, it's not going not to work. It's not going to succeed. So what does resourcing it look like to you in the first instance? Where do you start? The very first step is to get back to where we were 10 years ago. There was 10,500 troops in the Defence Forces just 10 years ago. Now we only have 7,800. So there's been a 25% drop in, in personnel. And if there's a 25% drop of nurses or doctors or teachers in the country, because chaos in those sectors. Same story with the Defence Forces. The Ireland bought two second-hand New Zealand patrol vessels only last month. Mm. 26 million euro on two assets and we have no crew for them. I mean, what does that say about the planning? So we need to get our people back and the best way to do it is to pay them properly, treat them properly and um, make sure that they, they have the political support that they need to do their job. Now, there are supporters of neutrality who say that within the UN Charter, it's quite clear that it is not a breach of your own neutrality to rely on, on the goodwill of neighbours or to ask for, for, for assistance uh, for, from other countries. Uh, and they point to this when it is pointed out to them that, you know, we rely on, on RAF tornadoes or F-35s to be scrambled if a Russian plane turns off its transponder. They say, listen, we don't necessarily need to, to expand the capability of the defence forces. We, we can just keep doing what we've always done. So what we've always done is cooperate extensively. So we stay away from formal military alliances where there's a mutual defence clause, but we cooperate extensively. And we've been doing that for 100 years. I mean, uh, I said my, my granduncle was part of a, a six-man uh, military mission to the United States in 1926, nearly a, a hundred years ago. They stayed there for a year and a half in Fort Bragg, came back and they pretty much set up the military college in, in the Curry camp afterwards. So we've been doing this. Even even last week, we sent a, an army helicopter to Northern Ireland to put out forest fires. 
and it was a team of 10 army medics went to the UK last weekend to compete in a, in a medical competition. So absolutely, we don't need to join a, a mutual defence clause formal alliance, but we should cooperate extensively like we've always done for the last 100 years. Uh, Lorna Bogue is with us as well on the line from Unrarith Gloss. Uh, Lorna, as always, you're welcome to the show as well. Uh, what was your experience of the, of the forum this morning? Um, well, it was a bit of a different experience. Um, I, I suppose it would have been um, good if uh, Deputy Berry was actually running proceedings because he seems to have a, a better approach to the protesters than uh, um, the, the, the people who were um, on the stage from the, the Taunashtra, certainly. Um, because, I mean, those protesters, um, Cahill was right, were, sorry, Deputy Berry was right, um, they um, were peaceful. They were making their point. It was a normal run-of-the-mill student protest um, and yet they were uh, physically removed from the theatre um, by members of Angarda Siakana. Um Now, I haven't really seen that happen before. I was a bit taken aback at this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think it was a, a different experience, maybe, um, for them um, and uh, for, 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 for other um, elected representatives um, who were um, in attendance at what was billed to be a consultative forum. But is it your contention that they should have been allowed to to stay where they are and do what they were doing? Um, well, it would have been hard. Happened. It's hard to imagine. And I, I wasn't there. This is why I'm asking. But my my experience of it was through the TV screen. And and again, mm. I I would always say when people give out about protesters, I always make the point: it's meant to be disruptive, or else it's not much mm. of a protest. <laughs> but at a certain point, if if the meeting is to go ahead, the disruption can't continue. I guess. Well, I, I, it seems to me now that the protesters were more trying to get a message across as opposed to um, end proceedings. Now, you'd have to speak exactly. to one of them directly about that. Um, however, um, I, I suppose some of the reason why they might have been there are issues that um, I and other elected representatives have pointed out with this forum, which is the construction of it as a supposedly... Um, consultative process. Um, so, I mean, I brought up this forum um, at Cork City Council meetings, which is my platform to actually discuss um, issues. Um, it was brought up in the Dáil um, over the last week and actually several times and it has been pointed out to the Tánaste, who is the responsible minister, that the way that this forum was set up is not in line with um, any normal conception or precedent mm. of how a consultative forum um, is to be run. Um, and um, I suppose, you know, my my issue with it and the thing that I was sort of asking for um, was balance, uh, balance um, in the proceedings, because um, I've mm. participated in um, uh, citizens' assemblies, for example, which were very carefully balanced. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of stakeholder engagement. But in my job as a councillor as well, and this might be getting into the nitty-gritty, um, you know, if we're doing a planning consultation, um, a Part 8, a Section 32, um, anything to do with um, making changes yeah. uh, to policy or things, um, like we, ha- we have statutory deadlines um, to fulfil um, in terms of uh, taking in um, people's opinions on something. And for a Part 8, which could be a greenway or yeah. something like that, we would have a process of 12 weeks. Um, now, this forum uh, had a process um, only opened up uh, to submission six weeks ago, and I went and checked how the submissions so, were to be put in. Yeah. And uh, there's a questionnaire, there's a closed questionnaire of 15 questions, 
and you can't even attach a document to it. And Lorna, would, so you, would you have preferred yeah. the Citizens' Assembly approach that had been mooted previously? Well, of course. I mean, like, this, this, is, a, this is a sensible thing to have done. I mean, like, the, the way that this entire um, consultative forum has been set up seems uh, like, I, I don't know, like either either incompetent or just a box-ticking kind of exercise. I mean, like, I, I actually haven't seen a consultation be run like this before, okay. um, you know, uh, like and, like even bus connects, which uh, all councillors complain about as a, you know, difficult and non-consultative uh, thing, uh, has been better done. <laughs> than yeah. This, you know? Well, well let, let me introduce Matt Carthy as well, who's with us, the Sinn Féin spokesperson of Foreign Affairs and Defence. Matt, would you have preferred to see a Citizens' Assembly happening? Yes, um, as far as Sinn Féin are concerned, in one instance, we welcome the fact that there is increased public debate. In fact, I would argue that there is much more substantive public debate than the government ever intended, and that's due to um, some famous utterances, arguably due to the fact that there was a protest there to, this morning and that focused media attention. Um, and I don't think necessarily this has gone according to Micheál Martin and the government's plan, which was clearly um, designed in such a way um, to have almost a predetermined outcome. And I think... And what's that, what know, is that predetermined outcome that you suspect they want? So, well, I, th- I, think, there, I think there's a trajectory that both Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael have been bringing us to some members of government more enthusiastic um, and aware than, than others. But clearly our neutrality has been undermined over the past number of decades and it's been undermined in three ways. First of all, the notion of having an independent foreign policy um, has become less and less a centrepiece of how governments approach global issues. Secondly, as Cahill Berry has out- outlined there has been a systemic underinvestment in our defence forces. The numbers that Cal referenced there of under 8,000 members of our defence forces is quite frankly shameful. The very fact, you know, we're talking about collaborating with others um, in respect of some international issues when the truth is if there are foreign, indeed hostile vessels in our waters, there's mm. lengthy periods of time where we simply cannot send anybody out um, to, to um, determine what the intentions the detentions are. So in my view, that has been, that underinvestment in our defence forces has also been coupled with the um, alignment through PESCO and Partnership for Peace of these international ar- ar- arrangements for various different reasons, but they have been done with frankly no uh, in no public debate up until now. That's why I welcome this provision. But also the very premise... Did we not vote on PESCO in Lisbon? They did, but if you recall, those votes took place virtually at the last minute with, with um, virtually no public debate. And if you recall, up until last Sunday, when to call a spade a spade, when um, President Higgins made the comments he had done, there was no reference in any pub, um, public position outlined by the government of the very fact and the undisputable fact, as far as I'm concerned, that Irish neutrality and having an independent foreign policy have actually served us very well, have allowed us to better protect ourselves. Ah, I'm not sure is that fair now. And I, I, I'm, I'm not usually in the position of defending government, but I mean, you ask any senior member of government, any cabinet minister, and they will tell you they have no interest in abandoning the policy of neutrality and they will talk about how well it has served Ireland. Well, we had a debate in the Dáil a number of weeks ago on in advance of this consultative um, forum that took place over um, several hours. 
and not a single member of the government actually pointed to the fact that this year in the 65th year, this month actually, of Irish troops first taking in part in a UN peacekeeping mission, that our record on the international stage that has been rooted in our contribution to peacekeeping, diplomacy and world security has not only served us well, but has allowed us to make a very positive contribution in the world. Okay. And these things matter because your starting point in terms of how you approach all of these issues um, reflect then what the end point will be. And our starting point must be that for all our faults, we have had a very positive impact on the world, much more positive than some countries that have much larger militaries and much greater wealth. Uh, Cahill Burry is still with me in studio. Uh, Cahill, is that your vision of, of Ireland's place in the world in, in the medium to long term? Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, the big takeaway I'm, I'm taking from just Lorna and Matt's contribution, and I agree with what the vast majority of what they're saying is, um, there's a lot of consensus there, isn't there? A lot of, a lot of common ground. Yeah. And like what I what I went taking away from today, I, I went in with very low expectations uh, in, in UCC this morning, and I've exceeded. It has actually actually exceeded my expectations. I think something similar will probably happen in Galway tomorrow, and in Dublin, Castle, and Monday and Tuesday next week. I think we'll be looking towards more consensus, common ground. I think if I was to give a bit of advice for tomorrow, because I've I've chaired the doll, and, and Matt Carter will, will back me up on this. You, you occasionally get to sit in the Count Corla's seat uh, when yeah. he's away, and his chair is, is Cahirlick. And I remember getting a great bit of advice before I started. Uh, I was told freedom of speech is really important, and you should. Facilitate Facilitate freedom of speech until such time as someone is trying to deny freedom of speech to somebody else and then you should intervene when you're the chair. I think we saw a good bit of that today. I think the balance was right and I think it's going to be repeated tomorrow and then roll on next week for more consensus and more common ground. Right, I'm sure we will have coverage of it as well uh, tomorrow on the show. Matt Carty, Sinn Féin spokesperson of Foreign Affairs and Defence, Lorna Bogue from Unrawrtha Gloss and Cahill Berry, Independent TD for Kildare South, former Army Ranger. Thanks a million everybody uh, for joining me here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.